passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos with my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football happening this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest 200K NFL survivor contest open right now now only at bad online so what are you waiting for head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today receive a 100 welcome bonus on your first deposit using nfl 100 promo code or believe b-l-e-a-e promo code what are you waiting for bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports all season long bet online your online sportsbook experts ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming into the pod this is a bears rams week one post game I guess autopsy at this point right now. But first, let's bring in my co-host. He was bombing it down the fairway today. 400 plus. Someone in this town is getting it done in the land of the Bears. It's my man, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, man? A 402, man. 402. You know what I'm saying? Look, powered by those biceps and triceps I do at the gym. Hey, it was a great day. Uh, minus 23 on the scramble. Shot 49 as a team. So we, we, we did our thing. The Bears didn't get it done, but your boy got it done. Corey's already turned the page, but he shows that hard work does pay off. Unfortunately, it did not pay off for the Chicago Bears in week one. They lose 34 to 14 to the Los Angeles Rams as they opened up their brand new stadium, their SoFi Stadium. Corey, I have a ton of thoughts, and I think there's a lot of pick apart in this game, and there's definitely a lot of criticism going around Chicago right now from fans and from analysts all over the place. But I want to ask you, you know, what is your biggest takeaway from the Bears loss to the Rams last night on Sunday Night Football? I think defensively, right? I, I, I think offensively, people kind of expected to be a lower scoring game for offense, but the defense, two blown coverages that resulted in touchdowns, those are big plays in there. And, you know, you take those two away, it's a much closer game than it was. And I think at some points we were talking about, it was 20 to 14 at one point in time, you know, after that Justin Fields touchdown. And we're thinking, this is exactly where we want it, right? Game's close, six points. Let's run the football. Let's play good defense. And then what did they do after that? They just went back to throwing the football again. And I look at David Montgomery, 16 carries in that game. No, remember we talked about it. He should have 30-plus carries. I, I think you have to do that. And I think if he has 30-plus carries, that game is a lot closer and they have a chance to win it at the end. Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk a lot about the offense in a second, but let's sort of stick with what happened. And I do want to ask you a general question. You know, a narrative that Bears fans hear all the time is, as you mentioned, Justin Fields gets his first rushing touchdown. It's 20 to 14. As a Bears fan, what I want to see in that moment is a Bears defense step up and put it out, put up that shutout inning like a pitcher in baseball. Can you talk about that mentality, being a former player on those Lovey Smith defenses? How much pride did you guys take in? Hey, we just scored a touchdown. It's time to put a zero on the board for this next drive. Yeah, it would have been huge because all the momentum was in their favor. You talk about the Rams, how they started out. This looked like it was going to be a lopsided game. At one point in time, you're like 20 to nothing. Oh, shoot. And then they have the momentum in the Justin Fields. You know, their draft pick comes in. And that zone replay that we talked about, right? Confusing mm -hmm. everybody. They did it. what one the doctor our, ordered. One of our keys from our preview last yes. week. Thank you for listening. If you checked yeah. it out, you're right, Corey. Exactly. And he has a score. Everybody's hyped up. You see the sideline. You see Matt Nagy. And you're like, oh, they're going to win the game. And then I thought everything that we were talking about is going to come to fruition in that game. And then they come on the next drive defensively. We're like, oh, they're going to stop them. And they let up a big play for a touchdown on a blown coverage again. 
And that's that's the most disheartening part because the defense, they they have to be the engine that runs this team. And you just think like blown coverages of all things. I could just understand if you just got beat deep on a great move by Woods or one of these guys or a Cooper Cup. But these were two blown coverages. And especially on that play after Justin Fields um, scored, complete blown coverage. And you're just like, what is going on in that back half with Eddie Jackson and Gibson? There's some kind of disconnect going over there. And everyone was talking about, you know, we haven't seen Eddie Jackson be the guy who we thought he was, you know, last year and this year. So we need more from him. He's a pro ball, all pro type of player. We didn't see that. You know, we, we haven't been seeing that lately from him. And especially in that first game, there's no excuse for MAs like that, especially a veteran guy that's played in this league, especially Gibson as well. He's, he's a veteran guy in this league. He was a pro bowler. You, you can't have blown coverage like that. That's inexcusable. It was so disheartening. Well, first off, what did they do on the very first drive? They hit their third receiver, Van Jefferson, for a huge 67-yard you know, gash right there. I mean, they targeted that. They've done that in years past. And then in that second half, you really had an opportunity to make some adjustments. The Rams get the football. You could have stopped them there. They came down. They scored a touchdown. And then, as you mentioned, we got, we get it to 20-14. to 14. Eight-play, 75-yard drive right after that for another Rams touchdown, which just made the concept of the offense, which we'll get to later, all the more of a daunting prospect. I got to ask you, was this Eddie Jackson's worst game as a pro? I, I It's one of them. In my opinion, I think he's a bad player, but that yeah, no, no, every but, time something bad happened, number four seemed to be, you know, in the vicinity. Yeah, it's, it, it, it just seemed like um, he just seemed out of place. He didn't seem like he was moving as well as he normally did. It just seemed slower than usual. And he's a guy that I think is a very cerebral player. Um, and he, it just didn't seem there. I, it, there was some kind of disconnect with him and the other secondary. And I'm hoping they get it figured out because sometimes, honestly, if, you, if you're not on the same page, it can make everything out of whack. And you're playing slow and you're thinking about this, you're worried about this player and that. So they need to get on the same page because the whole time they're talking and, and on Twitter and everything about Sean Desai, like, oh, oh man, you know, this was supposed to be a great, great pickup as a coordinator. This was horrible. This is awful. At, at the point, though, it wasn't his fault. It, the players yeah. are out there. I think sometimes people put too much stock on that, you know, with play calling offensive with Nagy, right? That's That's been warranted. But with Desai, I, I, thought, I thought he did a pretty good job. It was about them executing right against this Rams team that everybody was expecting to blow them out. You, you got the game 20 to 14, and you made some big-time errors. The game is close. Yeah, and on top of that, too, as well, they did a pretty good job shutting down the running game. But yet play action still burned them. That was what was a very frustrating aspect for me. And I want to try and get in the, inside the mind of a, of a player like Eddie Jackson. So help me out because I think it's so easy today, and I harp on it all the time. His tackling, again, wasn't at its best last night. A lot of extra yards, and then we're talking about those blown coverages. But what I'm hearing from you a little bit is when your decision-making or when your physical confidence is a half-yard slow, and you're in between, does that also kind of contribute a little bit to the angles and the confidence and aggression that you take in terms of tackling? 100%. And it was evident, you know, just from that whole secondary. Yeah. Uh, they just weren't on the same page. I, I thought the, the front four uh, played, played pretty decent. You know, obviously, you know, people would like to see a little bit more pressure from the front four. But if you look at it, they didn't play too bad of a game, like you said, in, in the running game uh, against the Rams. And then in the passing game, it was just big plays. And we look at it, they showed a stat um, in the fourth quarter, 12 minutes left, right? The Bears had 21 first downs and the Rams had 12. That's telling you everything you need to know right there. And, and what are the keys when you talk about every week for defensively? Limit the big plays. And they couldn't do that. That's why they lost the game. You take out the two of those plays that were touchdowns, it's a completely different ball game. And, and those, like I said, they weren't things where they got burnt deep, where it was just a great route. And, you know, he, it's Julio Jones running on you. It wasn't any of that. It was just blown coverage. And, and like I said, those are the most frustrating things in football. You have to be able to, to cover. You got to be on the same page. You can't make up mistakes like that. One time, you, you give a pass. But the second time, there, there's, there's something going on with that secondary. And you were saying this on, on some of the other podcasts. The secondary was kind of the area of concern that people were concerned about. And I thought the front seven did a pretty good job, you know, a little more pressure here and there, but I thought they played well enough to win the game. I definitely think we can see a little bit more from the front seven, but I'm right there with you. I ripped through the game when I got home last night from the stadium, just kind of watching play by play. And on multiple occasions, I'm seeing 
Akeem Hicks, you know, a second or two away from getting to Matt Stafford. I'm seeing some some hits a little bit. I'm seeing Rams offensive linemen get pushed back. But then also on the other end, once that ball's loose in the air, I'm seeing two Chicago Bears almost on top of each other, occupying the same space while Van Jefferson is going to the right. And that's just that just seems like a communication thing. That doesn't seem to be a skill level or something physical. That's all about, you know, doing your job, right? Exactly. You have to do your job. And, and mental errors, especially at this level in the NFL, is inexcusable. You know, I could understand if there was a guy, potentially a linebacker that had to get moved to safety last second. It was kind of one of those situations where, you know, this guy got injured, this guy. Injured. Oh, now you have to go to safety. I could understand if there was a situation like that where there were some errors. But these are guys that play safety and cornerback and are starters for your team that you put out there first. You can't make those type of errors. And you know, stuff like, especially in, in a game like the Rams, where you know it was going to be tight regardless. You can't give up mistakes like that because they didn't. Today's episode is also brought to you by Play Action because, look, this is exciting news. Bet on Chicago is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on all the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. You sign up for our contest, believe football pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style contest concept called build your own bankroll that's only at playactionpools.com your new home for all your office sports picks now back to the pod can't give up mistakes this is kind of that moment where we can slowly segue towards the offense but still in relation to the defense um i want to start a little bit with matt Nagy's play calling um a little side story about me you know i'm over like 260 episodes of the believe network now i'm super happy about that but one of my first pods that i did was the 2019 game uh, Bears Packers when we were all excited Bears are going to go to the Super Bowl and at that time I had kind of said Matt Nagy you just called play called one of your worst games as a Bears coach I'm not saying that that's the case in week one but again a lot of issues to pick apart so let's just start with the first one of going for it on the two fourth downs yeah, two, fourth, I, 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 two fourth and fours right and, and you're a former you're a former defensive end right now what does that say like is, is that confidence in Andy Dalton? Is that lack of confidence in the defense? It wasn't just field position because on one of those, it's the first quarter. You could easily punt the ball away yeah. and live to try and get the ball back another day. What was yeah. just your take on those two moves? So so the one that they were a little further back, closer to the 50-yard line, I thought that should have been a punt field position. Yes. You, you you back them up. You you uh, give your defense a chance to, to really, really pin them back, possibly get a safety get great field position going back the other way. And on the other one, kick the field goal. You're in field goal range, right? Why not? And then the fourth and 15, I don't understand that because I understand if you're fourth and five in that situation with 10 minutes left, okay, I get it. That's that's a highly probable situation. That's a decent situation, right? Fourth and five. Fourth and 15, the percentage on that is, is, is not great. So kick the field goal, right? Then, then you got a chance, you're down two scores, you're down 10. And then you got an opportunity. So I, I didn't understand that at all. And uh, I, I, I just think sometimes he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to be gutsy. Sometimes you got to have, have big cojones. You got to make this. But in a situation like that, especially early on in the game, when it's still in reach, you play the game for field position. That's what you do, right? If, if everything was rocking, Andy Dalton's completing everything. And then I understand that fourth and, and short, right? But I, I just – that that's – where Matt Nagy, I think, tries to get too cute and tries to, oh, yeah, I could be, I could do this, I could do that. And it failed for him on three times. So you, you can't do that. You want to be gutsy, Corey? Start yeah. Justin Fields week one. Hold on. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to stay on this for a second because the fourth and 15, man, was just the final kind of nail of a bunch of decisions that I didn't really agree with. All game, Andy Dalton attempted only one pass that traveled 15 yards. Five of his 38 passes only traveled 10 yards. So this was not something – these were not routes that they were running the whole game. Even in the telecast, Chris Collinsworth was talking about an umbrella defense that the Rams were running, just daring them to kind of pick and parcel through everything. Let's go back even to the first drive. Yeah. Week one, kick return. Great kick return by Khalil Herbert. 
two plays later. Dave Montgomery with the speed, by the way. I do want right. to highlight him a little bit later. 41-yard 41 uh, completion. Get down in the red zone. Here comes our boy Justin Fields. Quick step and throw to Marquise Goodwin. Get it down to third and one. You take Justin Fields off the field at a third and one in the red zone, which, by the way, he scores on a rushing touchdown on, on a three-yard run later in the game. Yep. Take him out. They don't have a play ready, so they have to burn a timeout. Exactly. And then on third and six, pass is tipped, interception. We can talk all the way want about Cole Komet maybe being open in the middle or whatever, but it's that it starts off bad kind of from the beginning, and yet it continues to sort of snowball from there. I'm just trying to figure out and help me, man. Like, who does Matt Nagy think he's calling the plays for? Is he calling it for veteran Andy Dalton and what we think is a talent takeaway driven defense? Or is he calling the game because he's scared of Sean McVay and the Rams and what they're going to do and not to? I can't figure out his yeah. game plan. Help me. Yeah, I felt like like in that situation, right? You have great momentum and you're in a situation where you're in the red zone. It's an easy field goal. And hey, I know you want to score there. But why is not a situation where you run the football? David Montgomery's been running well. He had that great run, the 41-yard scamper, and run the run the football again, right? Get a field goal on this first drive. That's great confidence builder, I don't, especially on the Rams. You know, you had a great opening drive, had a couple good passes, good rushes, and you get in a situation where you kick kick three, right? I know everybody wants touchdowns, but sometimes a score on the board early on. I would rather him run with David Montgomery on third and six as opposed to throwing a pick, right? Or you get in a situation where you're like Andy Dalton. If the if it's not there, throw it away, right? Yes. Let's kick the field goal. Be, besides that play and the one where he got sacked, I thought he made pretty good decisions for the most part. But it's it's one of those offenses where it was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna try to pass the pass the ball and and you know we're we're gonna try to shield him and and but no, run the rock, right? You look at Montgomery, 16 carries. Let him run the rock, man. Like, that's the recipe for success. It was working. At one point in time, David Montgomery is averaging like 12 yards a carry. Like, give the give the dude the rock. Like, I, I just I just don't understand. In a situation where the game is still within reach, it's, it's like when you get in the second quarter, I mean the second half or th third quarter or fourth quarter when the game, you need to pass the ball. But there was no situation, even in the third quarter, where you needed to do that. Right. It was it was close enough where you could run the football. So I didn't understand why he just abandons the run game at times when it was working. It was working well. I, I don't I don't understand. And that's the part that we can't come to a conclusive answer on is because is he OK? Andy Dalton averaged 2.17 seconds per throw, 2.2, depending on what stat you want to look up, whatever. So that was the game plan trying to protect his personnel, which is the offensive line, which I also think is on third and one. You're not going to see Dave Montgomery with the football. And also after Marquise Goodwin gets a 20 yard run, you see an end around play, which I know probably drove you nuts. But, you know, so Corey, like in your opinion, man, in those locker rooms, what does it say? Is it smart coaching to try and protect your personnel with the offensive line like that, saying, hey, we will not take any shots. We're going to protect the, the pieces that we have in place. We're going to work with that, and we're going to create a game plan around that. Are you on board with that? And then how do you how can you rationalize him then going for it on fourth of down when he doesn't trust his personnel? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I thought the fact that he wanted to get the ball out quick, yeah. I'm all for that, especially with the offensive line. And you saw early on, Jason Peters was kind of unsure of himself and Holland's got that sack. Mm -hmm. um, so you get in situations like that. I'm, I'm all for that. But the thing is, right, how do you protect an old line the, the, the most is running the football, right? And they had success. They were doing really well with that inside. Um, Daniels, I thought, did a great job, you know, on Aaron Donald when he was single blocking him most of the time. The 41 yarder, it's Daniels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he completely pinned him in there, and that block was all him that was able, able to go there. So I thought they did a good job on Aaron Donald. We talked about one of our keys. They did a good job on Donald. It was just Hollins that went off on them. And one of the plays, honestly, I think that both of those sacks, they should have never happened, right? You, you look at the first one, Jason Peters. It was the obvious thing where he he had him. I mean, the guard guard was on the ta the defensive tackle. Jason Peters kind of slid down, and and that was a gimme sack. Um, that shouldn't have been there. And then the one where Andy Dalton held the ball. Right, you're fourth and four. One, two, the ball's got to get out. He read his first read, second read, and, and what's the third read? The swing route that was wide open. That would have been the first down to David Montgomery. Come on, 
right? One, two, falls out. Yeah. You got to go to it. It had a crossing to commit to as well. And he went to Darnell Mooney, I think, because he was just locked on his first look. Yep. And, and exactly. you know, it's just, just let's do the Andy Dalton thing because I want to do the Andy Dalton thing now and then we'll get to some of the positives. You know what I mean? I, I do. I definitely do want to talk about some of the positives in the Bears game. Andy Dalton, I'm going to ask it to you like this. Um, and I'm trying not to be snarky. Um, and he played he played well. He he's a veteran. Is this whole thing is this wasting everyone's time, including Andy Dalton's? Are you trying to tell me that Justin Fields can't read five yard spacing? You know what I mean? He can't read a sit down route because that's all they yeah. ran. They didn't take one shot down the field, which is supposed to be where Andy Dalton's accuracy and poise, you know, is supposed to be able to read that stuff out. They didn't even try that. So what what was your take on Andy Dalton? Just the game planning, maybe also not just how he played, but just how they, the plays that they called for him. My thing was like this. You remember what we talked about um, when we were comparing, oh, should they uh, start Dalton or Fields, right? And it was a thing where we need his confidence. You know, we need this. And, you know, we just, we, we just want to, you know, make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves with them. But you're going to game plan and script for success for whoever you ha have, right? Like, just like they did for the old line. It would be the same type of plan, but maybe you get Justin Fields running more, right? Where you give him those options where he can test test the defense and then pop back and throw a pass. And I think that's a different element. And I, I just hate that sometimes in this league that they get so conscious about, okay, we got to make sure we coddle him and we don't want to put him in any situation that could be dangerous. It's football, right? You trade it up for this dude. You've seen him play. You have confidence in him. Why not script for him? Those, those RPOs, right? That is a game changer. And he's, he's not Trubisky, so stop treating him like Trubisky. You know, he went out there and he had confidence in the plays he did. He looked good in the plays he was out there. You know, he throws the, he throws the one pass, looks good in there, right? The rush is right in his face. He doesn't get nervous or anything. Steps right up, throws it in there, right? RPO, things are going on there. Reads it perfectly gets to the touchdown, makes a play, gets in the end zone. So this is a guy that I think is ready. He show, he showcased what he can do, right? And obviously you game plan around that. You make him use his feet a little more. You tell him, listen, you're not taking hits, okay? You're not taking hits like Cam Newton used to. You get down when you're supposed to, and we live to play another play. And I think he should be out there. I mean, this Andy Dalton thing, it's cool. I, I, would, I would understand if it was a guy like Jared Goff where they didn't feel confident in him. But I know they feel confident in Justin Fields. They're just nervous about Trubisky. That's what it is, you know? It's like you're in a bad relationship, right? And, and you're like, I don't want the same thing to happen again, even though that this new relationship isn't like the other one. But you just, you're like, oh, it, it, it just wears on you and you have it in the back of your mind. So that's what they're thinking right now. But Justin Fields could be out there doing this offense and he would and he'd provide his feet, something that, man, when he was out there, they were nervous. And that would be something that he can do every play, right? If the play breaks down, he can run. Then they're going to have to have a spy guy on him. And what does that mean? That opens up another receiver. Oh, Goodwin had a great game, right? So you got Allen Robinson out there. You got Mooney over there. And then Goodwin's open or somebody else, Cole Komet. So it opens up a different dynamic. And then you always have to account for a guy like Justin Fields, which you don't have to do with Andy Dalton. All off season, we talked about it on here. I believe in Bears. We talked about it a lot. About we understood the thought process, and I think both of us came to the agreement that it was this was an idea. Really, it wasn't really rooted. I don't think in training camp reps. I think this was really more about some sort of progression. And I sat there in my seat and started watching the game, and it just starts to hit me that you know what, Justin Fields, he's not a turkey in the oven. Okay, you can't just open up the door and keep touching him being like, Oh, he's not ready yet. Let's give it a little more time. Like, it's not how you it's not how you roll out with this. And again, bringing it back to the 2.1 seconds, you know, from snap to pass, Justin Fields can give you on certain plays that extra 1.2 1.5 extra seconds that you know what, I think Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, and Cole Komet probably would have appreciated. And, and Marquise Goodwin, on top of that, he played a pretty decent game too as well. We talk about all this speed that we're importing, but if it's 2.17 seconds based on a game plan, it's really hard to execute that unless you have a guy like Justin Fields. And at this point, it just feels like we are just wasting everyone's time. I think Andy Dalton's a superb backup. I don't want to bury Andy Dalton because, God forbid, if Justin Fields comes in and he has a hamstring or something happens and he has to miss a game or two 
I think Andy Dalton could come in right away and win us a ball game later in the season. I do not want to bury Andy Dalton right now, but this is, if we're going to run stick routes and get the ball out, it's Justin Fields time, seriously. And let's see what we got. Let's see what we get. We got. Yeah. Well, you look look at that one play where Matthew Stafford, you know, rolled out to the left side, planted and threw that deep route. That's something they could do with Justin Fields all the time. And Matthew Stafford is half of the athlete that Justin Fields is. So I think if you ran plays like that, you know, really where you have that misdirection, you hard play action fake and you keep a tight end and to kind of secure that edge, you can give him the option where, oh, wow. Okay. It's not, it's not open deep. Let him run the ball for 10 yards, get a first down, get out of bounds. And then the defense is so frustrated because like, okay, well, we have to have that extra spy guy like I was talking about. So it's a different element. And you're always having to worry. A mobile quarterback that can throw the ball is everyone's nightmare. I mean, people hate that. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to. It's called Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. And look for anyone in their 30s and above, or maybe even before. Look, I'm 37, but even in my 20s, every day was a maintenance day. I could use a little something like Balance 7 for a little bit of help. So head to balance7.com and use the code BLEAV believe for free shipping balance7.com use the code bleav for free shipping i did and if it worked for lamar odom it can work for you too now back to the pod you're so right and and Corey, on those fourth and fours i won't be as critical if we're running those with justin fields based on exactly what you just said man that that concept that specter of he can roll out he can do something maybe not just with his legs but give the defense something to think about on those fourth and fours so you can convert on those particular moments and then have that aggression, then yeah. have that conviction, all that you want about belief in your, your playbook and everything. And you can still maybe protect your offensive line at the same time. They already said Dalton's going to start this week. I think we're going to see Justin Fields on the on the field again at spots, but man, this is just, this is sand in an hourglass, man. And I'm hoping that it just runs a little bit quicker than the week four prediction that I had before we started playing football on Sunday. That, that's what I'm hoping for, because I'm, I'm just hoping that they I, I think this is what they're going to do. I think they're going to slowly give Justin Fields more reps. And I, I think they're going to say, OK, once he hits, you know, 15, 20 plays, then we're going to make him full time starter. It's just like they're so nervous about doing things the wrong way because of how Trubisky was. And, you know, they could say, no, this is our plan the whole time. But if, if, if you're you got a guy that you believe in. Right. Which I fully believe Matt Nagy believes in him. And I don't know if it's something maybe from Pace or the owners where they're like, hey, you know, like I said, we don't want that situation. And it was like, okay, this is our plan. We're going to stick to it no matter what, no matter how good he says, how good he does. Um, And I think it's a situation like that. And I'm just hoping like this, you got to win games now and you got to make things exciting. So if you're not winning games, you have to make it exciting, right? And and you got the face of the franchise there. Everybody wants him to do well. So script for success, allow him to use his feet. And I'm telling you, it's it's a nightmare for defense. Even if he even if he does average, it's such a different element. Oh, and- we can score 14 points with Justin Fields, Corey. We can score those 14 points with oh, him. Yeah, I, I honestly think if he was in there, I, I think they score at least 28. I think just because the, the defense is not having to worry about Andy Dalton's feet and they're not ha- having to worry about a, a deep threat because he's not going to get in a situation like that Matthew Stafford play where he's rolling out here, setting his feet, able to pop up. That's not happening with Andy Dalton. There's one, two, one, two, and it is what it is, but I'm, I'm just hoping they realize the time is now to play fields and get his confidence up because Andy Dalton's not the long-term thing. You got to get Justin Fields experience. You have to. I completely agree with you and Bears fans listening to this right now just heed Corey's words because I I agree with you that what you're saying is a light bulb coming off in my head and I I felt it yesterday was I went to the Bears Rams game in 2019 and what happened in that game I'm gonna get the sequence of it wrong but it went pretty much like this is we drove down the field with Trubisky we went for I think a 45 yard field goal and missed it Next time we got the ball, I think we held the Rams to a field goal. Next time we got the ball, they came down. We went for it on fourth down. I want to say because we didn't trust the kicker. We went for it again and another one missed another field goal. I mean, it was 9 nothing in this Rams game. We kept going down there, and it feels like almost that beginning first half felt almost like a Xerox of Matt Nagy being like, man, I can't do this. I can't do that because I don't trust this. I don't trust myself. 
you know, even in that red zone, dude, it, I don't know. Am I freaking out week one, your first red zone, your five plays into the game and you got to call a timeout on a third and one. Is that, does that happen? Is that at all on Matt Nagy? Does that irritate you? Where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I, I, that is very irritating because on third and one, you should have your bread and butter play, especially with the running game, two tight ends. Um, and you go down there and you should be able to get a yard. And I, I feel like if you can't get a yard in this situation where you just had a big long run, they're off balance, they're tired, go home. You know, at that point, I, I think, you know, all the momentum was there. And if and if you run that, you get the first down and then you punch it in on that first drive. Think about the confidence in that offense. Right. All cylinders are rocking. But instead, that that great drive that you started on with the great kick, the great uh, passes by Andy Dalton at first and then the great run by Montgomery is taken away by a pick. You know, you can't even get three. Can't even get three points. So it's a turnover on downs. Then they score on that series. And then all the momentum is back in their favor when it could have been in your favor. And shoot, you score, you get a three and out, or you get the ball back when they don't score. And then you have a long drive that wears on the team. And they're thinking, oh, you know, you have them thinking. But they started out with the confidence because, oh, we got this big turnover. Then we score on it. Then we score again. Ooh. So it was like, it was like, you have to capitalize on the momentum, especially away on the road. You have to. Ugh, just... There's this stuff I'll, I'll just, we'll be scratching our head about. You throw the ball on third and six, you put the ball in Andy Dalton's hands, and then the rest of the game, you don't take any shots down the field and you can play a, a, like a, play a completely different game, you know, despite what that play call looked like early on in the red zone. Bears fans, we're complaining today. We're sad. But look, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remind myself this is a long season. The quarterback that we have in place right now isn't going to be the quarterback moving forward in the future. We still get to look forward to Justin Fields. I think the defense is going to play a lot better moving forward. And we talked about already that the Bears defense versus the Rams offense was a matchup concern in a lot of different areas. I think it's going to be a little bit different in week two against the Bengals. So let's get out of here on some positives, man, because there are actually some positives in this game. If you want to throw a gold star out there or something or just one player that really impressed you in week one, who would that be? Well, obviously Montgomery. I mean, yeah, he's a guy that we talked about. We 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 know what time it is with him, and and he only got 16 carries. He went for 108 yards. I mean, he was unbelievable. I, like I said, I think every game you have to give him at least 30 touches, right? 30 touches, whether it's strictly runs, pass it. But I would like to see straight running game touches because I think he's a guy that's going to wear down opposing defense. He has that burst. He has that strength everything that you want to see from number one and you have to rely on him. He's a young guy too. And get, give him the carries. I mean, he's supposed to be your, your bell cow. Um, he's like, he's like the old school running backs, in my opinion, a guy that you can give it to 30 times. And I didn't understand why when the game's 20 to 14, like I talked about, why they stop with that? Oh, let's pass it. Let's do these dinking ducks. No, the game is tight. If the game was three scores in the third quarter, you know, towards the end of it, then you got to pass the ball. But I, I think teams panic. They're like, oh, we're down and we worry about this. No, run the football, right? Control the clock. Because even if you don't score, you're wearing down the opposing defense, right? And you're keeping Matthew Stafford and company off the field. And that's what they were doing for, for a minute. And then they went back on that and they, okay, let's throw the ball with Andy Dalton. No, run the football, run the football. That's how you're going to win games. You can't win games with this dink and dunk stuff. You can't especially when the defense was giving up blown coverages. You know, you, you can't win like that. Yeah, you'll run out of time. You can't get exactly. 60 minutes in the game. You know, they had the nine and a half minute drive or whatever, which is, I guess, impressive on paper, but it kind of sort of says something else to me, right? It, it, it's just wasted time. And I, I think if you're going to waste time, waste it with the running game. I mean, that's, that's what really wears on teams. It, it doesn't wear on teams where you just – dink and dunk and pass the ball. And then all of a sudden you punt it and give it back to them. It, it, when you have consecutive first downs in the running game, it really wears opponents down. And you look at how well the Rams were playing the, the passing game early on, Jalen Ramsey and company. Um, they were doing a good job with it, but they were struggling against that running game. They just didn't have a match for it. And I think if you give David Montgomery 30 carries, I think he's up at 180, 190 yards rushing for that game. You know, and, and it's a different ball game. You've been calling it for weeks, man. And what I saw mentality wise, Dave Montgomery played pissed off and I <laughs> loved it. And he had, he had a little extra burst. I noticed the eye test on that 41 yard scamper 
I just felt like maybe, you know, well, it was like a little tick up from what I, maybe I saw last season. And you're hitting on something too, because if our offensive line is still uh, working on its cohesion right now, obviously we got a left tackle problem that we'll probably handle in the preview pod in a couple of days, but they're still trying to like, they're, they're trying to find their way. So it's hard to maybe depend on them to find an edge, but can David Montgomery be the guy that brings that edge to the offense? Because just as you mentioned, like going up against those Rams defenders, I don't want to tackle this guy. Uh, you know, I, right. if I, even if I do hit him, he's still going to get three yards after I hit him anyways. Can he maybe be like that reverse, inverse, he brings the edge to the offense? 100%. I, I think what people see, you know, when he hits the, the opposing uh, tackler and they're hurting afterwards, he's falling forward. He's always falling forward. He's never getting driven back, which is a great sign. And this is a huge year for him, right, in his third year. He wants to he wants to get paid and he's showing what he that's what the extra burst is. He's showing him, hey, you need me. Yeah. I I am this offense. And it's not a cocky thing, it's just the truth. Because if they're gonna win games this season, whether Justin Fields is in there or Andy Dalton, it's gotta be through David Montgomery. You know, I think I think he is the engine that runs this offense. He gets everything going. And yeah, like I said, 16 carries, that, that's not cutting it, right? You you double those. I think he goes for over 200. Just the way he was running, just the way the offensive line was blocking them. We talked about Aaron Donald, a guy, James Daniels did a great job on him all game. And that's the guy you want to keep at bay. And in the running game, they, they had him under check. There were stats out there that I think on his first three carries, David Montgomery had 57 rushing yards, and then he didn't have a carry for the next 20 offensive plays in that. First so what is that telling you? What is that telling you? It tells me two things. It tells me the first thing is that Matt Nagy is stubborn in terms of walking in. You got to read the temperature of the room is kind of what I'm saying. So when you get in the heat of the battle in a ball game and Dave Montgomery rips off a 41 yard, chuck this whole, I want to get Damian Williams into the flow of the offense thing and keep hitting it, hitting it, hitting it until he goes, coach, take me out for a play and then bring in Damian Williams. All right. You don't have to just go down your itinerary and your checklist and go through it every single time. Man, read the room. David Montgomery exactly. was, our, was our chance to win, and and the fact that we went away from him, and he still got 108 yards in the game, right. is again another kind of criticism that I think is very fair against Matt Nagy. And it is the thing, like like the video game, right? When a guy's heating up, you know, remember back in NBA, he's heating up, he's on fire. He was in that zone. Feed him the rock. Like 16 carries isn't too much. He's a younger guy. I could see if he was 10 years, 12 years in the league, where he's an aging running back where, you know, hey, he's good for, you know, 15 carries, but we don't want to give him too much. No, it's a guy that you can rely on. He's shown that, that he's durable. He's shown. And, yeah, the fact that 20 plays went by and he didn't get a carry, that's, that, that, that is classic, classic Matt Nagy. And that's something that we all have been harping on for years with him. Like, if something is working, just go with it. It doesn't matter if it looks cute. It doesn't matter if, if it makes you look like a genius or not. Because the simplest things that work make coaches look great, right? You know, it doesn't matter if they win the game, you know, like we said, 20 to 14 or, you know, 21-20. If you win the game, it doesn't matter how pretty it looked, this, that, and the other, because wins are the only thing that matter in this league, right? And at the end of the year, you think they're going to look and say, well, you know, the Bears scored, uh, you know, the most amount of points and, you know, but they didn't have the most amount of wins. They only had eight wins, right? It doesn't matter about that. It, it matters about wins and losses. It doesn't matter how pretty, how cute, this, that, and the other. What works for your team and running the football works. Stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. Somebody's got to be in his ear. Just run the rock. Run the rock. Run it. Run it. Run it. Run it. Run it. No, no. Run it. Run it. That's, that's, that's what's got to be in his ear in the headset. From up top, yeah. from the football. David Montgomery's got to go to him and say, Coach, give me the rock. I need the rock. That's it. He's leading the league in jet sweep calls and end arounds heading into the final week of the season. That's my, uh, that's my sports announcer voice. And you know what? Again, like you just said, simplest things, because guess what? If you do that, a lot of times on those fourth and fours, which I keep coming back to, you've got a little bit more of an option. Other yep. than everyone's just being like fourth and four. Oh, they've been throwing the ball only five yards the whole game. Fourth and four. I wonder exactly what they're going to do. Maybe we should keep an eye on Allen Robinson here uh, towards the end. Um, I got another guy for you. And then I'm interested to hear if you got any other positives for the game. 
Um, I just want to get your thoughts on Cole Komet. I thought he had a pretty active game. What did you see from him? Maybe what would you like to see more from him? Yeah. Um, what did you think of his week one? No, I, I love what he did. I mean, he was incredible in, in, in the blocking game, both him and Jimmy Graham when they were in there. I thought they did a great job setting the point of attack because Cole Komet is, is the the main end uh, tight end that they're running towards. And you see a lot of those plays, him and Jason Peters had some great blocks on there, especially the cutback run at first with uh, David Montgomery there, but to seal that edge. And then they, uh, James Daniel was able to seal Aaron Donald. But I love what I saw from in, in the running, uh, from blocking, you know, from a running standpoint. But I love what I saw from him in the past game. And this is a guy that they kind of been on the fence about, you know, about, oh, how is he going to do? And and he looked great. I mean, his his transformation in a year has been, has been amazing. And I think it's going to continue to get better, especially – because they're going to try to have these dink and dunk throws. So the tight end, you know, a guy like Goodwin, they're going to get that that third option are going to get a lot of targets. And I would love for, for him to, to, to get more targets out there because I think he's ready for it. And I'm just hoping, you know, with all the, all the attention on Allen Robinson and Mooney, that it opens up those two guys like we talked about, Goodwin and Cole Komet. I was impressed. I, I thought he had a very active game. I love what you're saying about the running game because I wasn't able to pick up on that necessarily, you know, uh, with with my amateur eyes a little bit. I did like how he had a nice feel for space. Um, there was the one play, I think, when Andy was actually rolling out to the left and he kind of stopped his route because he sort of sat in a space that he thought was going to be created for him. And I think that that's a nice step forward. Exactly. That's a great way to pick up some great first downs, a couple extra receptions. Would I like to see him truck Jalen Ramsey on that one? <laughs> right. Do that little that little cone dance? Um, yes, I would. I'd like to see him punish maybe a little bit more. But I think it is definitely a step in the right direction. And again, if the Bears can get Montgomery, a productive commit, we know Allen Robinson's going to be there. We have a good feeling about Darnell Mooney coming. You know, He's not going to get five catches for 26 yards all season long. And if Goodwin can make a play here or there, we've got a nice little complement of weapons, you know, that can be around really any quarterback. Exactly. I would love to see that, but I would, I would just love to see Justin Fields out there, honestly. Oh, oh man. I just, just, why can't they do it next week? Give, get him out there. Just get him out there. Just give, give him, give him half the game, right? Split it up half the game. And then just, just say, okay, this is half the game. It's against a Bengals team that in my opinion, I don't think they're that good. And, you know, I think they're trying to get things figured out at the quarterback position because Joe Burrows is obviously coming back from that injury. And I think it's a team that just doesn't have the weapons offensively to, to really challenge you like the Rams. So I think, I think why not? Give, give Fields half the game, right? Why not? Half and half and just say, okay, the best, best guy that comes through this, that's who's going to play. You want to hear one of my hot takes? Um, I got a hot take for you. All right. Let's turn the oven up. And look, it's going to be it's, what I'm proposing is going to be easily criticized because it'll be like, well, what did we do all this for? But if I was Ryan Pace, I would call up the Washington football team tonight and be like, what do you want for Andy Dalton? How much money do I need to eat? And maybe I'll take a sixth round, seventh round conditional, whatever, if you eat a bunch of money mm -hmm. and let's make him your starting quarterback tomorrow. While Fitzpatrick, who's 39, has a hip injury. He's already on IR. See you later. That's week eight, week nine, yep. whatever. Washington's got hopes for this season, and they don't mind taking on quarterbacks like that. They had Alex Smith last okay. year. I would cut bait right now and roll with Nick Foles and Justin Fields for the rest of the season. That's my hot I, take. I, I, I like that take. I, I like that hot take, honestly. Um, I, I'm just hoping to give him a chance because I'm, I'm just tired of people just being so cautious about playing young quarterbacks. Hmm. You believe in them. Just play them. Yeah. I, I know in Matt Nagy's heart of heart, he knows Justin Fields should play, and he wants to script a game around him and what he can do because that's every offensive-minded coach's dream. What Andy Reid does with Patrick Mahomes, right? My system. If he had an Andy Dalton, right, he wouldn't be able to do the, those same things, right? And 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 that's the thing, you know. You look at uh, like a guy like Nick Foles when he played for them. He didn't do as well with the Chiefs, right? Because it's it's a, it's a different scheme when a guy can't really move, but when a guy can move. Oh, it really opens up the playbook. And that's why a guy like Cam Newton has such great, great success. Russell Wilson continues to uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, he struggled in that first game, but last year was the MVP and what he can do. It's just such a different element when you got a guy that can run. And team, teams, this is, this is what it is. When, when you game plan for Andy Dalton, for example, when we played against the Bengals when I played, 
it was like this. Okay, you know, he's going to get the ball out quick. Okay, you don't really have to worry about the deep ball. Uh, he, he could possibly get outside the pocket, but you don't really have to worry about it. We feel like we can chase him, chase him down. <laughs> a guy like Justin Fields, you're like, okay, um, make, make sure you, you, you run to the edge and you set the edge. You don't rush the same way you did. You know, um, okay, let's get a spy guy. Hey, um, nose tackle, I, w- I, w- I want you to spy. Or, or linebacker, I want you to spy safety. Uh, ends, don't rush the same way you do. Don't make your moves. It goes against everything that you're taught as a pass rusher, and you have to game plan around that. So basically, you're not rushing the way you should because of him. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the element. That's why he changes defenses and, and how they game plan. And for that alone, who's playing him? That's great stuff, man. That's really, really good stuff. That's that's a great perspective. And I'm guessing a lot of Bears fans probably agree with you when they hear that right now. Uh, before we get you out of here, Corey, um, we're going to do a Bears-Bengals preview week two. We got another game coming up, Bears fans. I know we're 0-1 right now. We can easily get back to 1-1 one one at home next week. Got to take care of business. We're going to preview that, all of our favorite key matchups, keys to win. But just what are your first blush thoughts about this Bears-Bengals matchup uh, as we head into the week? Well, I know Andy Dalton's going to be excited about it because, you know, he's obviously the starter. And, and is it's his old circled team. on his calendar? As he... <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's circled on his calendar. But like I said, I, I think this is a team that Joe Burrow's coming back from his ACL injury. And, you know, I know they played him, I think, one play in the game. But, you know, they kind of have a guy, uh, Shermer, that, that's in there. He's just kind of a guy. And, you know, they don't really have the, the weapons like they used to. A.J. Green's not there anymore. They got a tight end they feel pretty good about, but I don't think they have the weapons like they used to, you know, and, and I think this is a game that the Bears should win. I think they should win it pretty convincingly. I think it's going to still be a tight game because I think, you know, uh, offensively, they're just not taking many shots. But you, you look at what the Dolphins did, you know, with Sinette in there, he threw for almost 400 yards, two touchdowns. So, and this is a guy that, you know, nobody's ever really heard of either. So it's it's a thing where I think this is a game if, if like I said, I'm hoping – they give Justin Fields more reps and they gradually give him more reps in there. But I think it's a game that they should win and maybe take a couple shots deep, you know, against, against this team here to get some confidence in that deep ball, because you're going to need it at some time or another, right? Get the running game going, take that hard play action. Look like, like, you know, the Rams did, you know, where you roll out a little bit and give, give the offense some time. Goodwin, right? He's a guy that's a speedster. Take a shot with him, you know, get that long ball, you know, established. It doesn't have to be the everything, but you got to take a shot, sudden change, you know, um, after TV timeout, things like that, when people are sleeping. That's a great teaser for week two, Bears Bengals. Uh, Corey, before uh, before we go, I want to give you, I want to tell you a quick story time with Joey about going to SoFi Stadium yesterday. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Stadium's beautiful, stunning. We get there early. It opens up at three o'clock. We get in. And like the screen, dude, is no joke. Like go to go there early, grab yourself some food, cocktail, whatever you want to do. And you can just watch Red Zone for the first like hour. You know what I mean? It's really that great. So I'm with my uh, I'm with my cousin-in-law, season ticket holder. He has this SoFi team members express pass. We get through the line super fast, which was cool. We're walking around and he's got this thing. It's called a SoFi lounge. Goes up to one person. Hey, where's the SoFi lounge? Doesn't really know. Keep asking, keep asking. We get pointed in all these different directions. So we go down a level. Hey, where's the SoFi Lounge? This one person goes, all right, take down this escalator, which no one's going down. And then go down, and then you're going to run into someone else, and then get to an elevator. We go, we're looking for the SoFi Lounge. Kind woman just goes, okay, and hits this elevator button, this huge freight elevator. We get in. We take it down, and we're like in it for a while. We're like, wow, we're really going down. Me and my cousin Juan, we are in like the bowels of SoFi Stadium. They drop us off there. It's like we're like the team like loads up. You've got like the the golf carts with the yeah. little spinny things riding around. And we're like, whoa, wait a second. We walk about 50 feet. We see something called the SoFi Social Club. We get over there. This woman like takes two, two steps for us. She's like, what's going on? Where are your tickets? And we're like, oh, these are our tickets to the game. We're looking for the SoFi Lounge, blah, blah, blah. Showing her on the app and everything. She goes, okay, you guys aren't supposed to be here like at all right now. Like this is not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like of two fans of somehow infiltrated, which would be a very exclusive, probably team family member only press only. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, we're so sorry. We had no idea. It's so-and-so told us to go this way. And she's like, ah, all right, just go through the social club real quick and like, get out of here. So we go into this social club. 
it's rad, dude. They got a big hey, <laughs> they've got like this these LA like ivory couches and like this music's playing, low level lighting. We walk up the steps to get out and finally exit. And we get up there, dude, and I'm like two rows from the field. And we're like, whoa, wait a second. And I see Andy Dalton chucking passes like in his shorts, 75 feet away, people stretching and stuff. People run over to us and they go, you're not supposed to be here. And we're like, we know, we know, we know. And they're like, you got to go back down the stairs. And we're like, we can't go back down the stairs. We just got kicked out of there. And like, they ended up like ushering us through like the second level, which was where all the VIP box suites, which is where like Magic Johnson was last night. And dude, we were just like on this like little adventure being where we weren't supposed to be uh, checking it out. And so SoFi Stadium, when you go, man, SoFi Lounge. Yep. Something called Beach House. We, we found okay. a secret place called Beach House. Maybe former players like yourself can get into. We'll see. Exactly. You just got to act the part, man. You should have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be here. I don't know. You know, like people told me it's good. It's all good. You know, you just got to act the part. They would they would have been cool. They'd been like, oh, yeah, you're good. That was so, the joke. We were like, we should just drop something L.A. Like, oh, we're here with we're here to meet Louie. Louis yeah. Vuitton, just can you, yeah. Louis, Louis Vuitton, we're here to meet Louis, so yeah. we wore suits or something. You should have just been like, hey, we're guests uh, on behalf of uh, Magic Johnson. They would have let you right in. You're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're part of his uh, movie group. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, he owns, owns all those movie theaters. So. All right, I can't that. wait to tell Magic, uh, text him and tell him we couldn't get into the club, whatever. They're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, okay, yes, um, you're right, you're right. Okay, we'll let you in. And they would have said, okay, here's unlimited passes and... Even if you don't have tickets to the game, we'll allow you into the sofa. And then yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like me and you would be like, oh yeah, and go make my friend Corey a plate while you're at it. No, you, yeah, exactly. We forgive you, but please just <laughs> take care of this. There we go. I love uh, it. I love it. Corey, my man. Today's episode of Believe in Bears was brought to you by VetOnline.ag. It's also brought to you by Play Action Pools. They got some excellent Survivor games going. So if you and your office mates, even if you're not going into the office, you can still get in on NFL Survivor action and make a little money off your office coworkers too as well. Today's episode is also brought to you by Balance 7 pH Supplement. Great deals with Believe right now, partnering with them. So make sure you check that out. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. We're coming back with Bears Bengals preview. Corey, sign us off, say goodbye, and keep hitting them straight, man. Keep chunking them 400 yards, please. Hey, you know, I got it. They call me Corey DeChambeau. Uh, you know, and and I play my driver and in inch shorter. It's 44 and a half. So I didn't got that long drive, that 46, 47, or 48. So I'm doing this all natural. Um but hey, hopefully this week the Bears hit a 402-yard drive with AKA a win. Um, and hey, get the confidence, right? It's all about the confidence in this train and the season. Going one-on-one would be huge. So hopefully they start out this this week with a dub. And uh, hopefully we have a lot to talk about. But next episode, we're going to get on the preview. What we'd like to see from the Bears, kind of what are the concerns playing against the Bengals. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into all that like Michael Phelps and company. Subscribe, comment, rate our podcast. Come back Thursday morning for Bears-Bengals preview. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. Be well, be safe, please be good to each other. And hey, we can still bear down. We're 0-1, we're but we can bear down. Bear down, baby. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.